It's time to bed Hi everyone, welcome to Veg Out, where we're embracing plant-based adventures. I'm Adrienne, and on this show we chat about everything food, family, and fun. I'm a scratch cooking wife and mother of two who loves exploring in the kitchen, and I'm here to share ways to make healthy food, especially plants, fun, delicious, and sometimes adventurous for your entire family. On today's episode, I'm going to tackle the topic of mindful eating. Um, But before I jump into that, I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners who took the time to join my family and I on this past Sunday for our October edition, um, or October episode, I should say, of Cooking with Friends. That's our live Facebook cooking show um, where we, as a family, prepare an easy vegan recipe um, that is delicious. And again, it is on Facebook. It is live. And because it's live, you never know what's going to happen. Um, it was a lot of fun. We made vegan French toast. And my husband, and I've, I've made, I mean, I make this French toast literally once a week, if not twice a week, some, some weeks. And my husband had it and he was like, this is the best French toast he's ever had. I think because normally when he's eating it, it's during the week. Thursday is our French toast day. And by the time he eats his breakfast, it's been sitting out with like a nice little napkin over it while he's getting dressed and coming downstairs and getting everything squared away before he can eat. And so it's not really like fresh off the griddle when he gets it. So I think this was actually the first time that he actually had it like straight off of the griddle. And he was like, this, this is the best. And so I highly recommend that you check out the replay. Um, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it and I will post the recipe that I used with the little adjustment that I made on there um, on the Veg Out podcast page shortly. So take a look at that. Give it a try. Tell me what you think. Um, we love this recipe. It's by far the best vegan, um, you know, best vegan French toast recipe that I've tried. And I've tried a couple, maybe two or three. Um, but this one is by far the winner. <laughs> so on to today's topic of mindful eating. Um, I thought about talking about this today because um, recently I, you know, have real, well, I'm, I'm very much into wellness and nutrition. Um, my full-time job was um, actually working in the wellness um, field with uh, graduate students, with medical students. Um, and so I'm always uh, very cognizant of nutrition and um, the quality of food and overall wellness and managing stress and looking at your overall life and all of the different aspects that kind of play into that to then kind of become your wellness, you know, prescription. Um, You know, I'm always kind of highly sensitive about those things. Um, But my per- one of my personal challenges when it comes to food and nutrition and eating is that kind of mindless eating that I get into. Um, some you could call it stress eating if you'd like. Um, but sometimes when it get when life gets challenging and things get thrown at you, I find myself standing in front of the pantry grabbing bags of chips or crackers or you know graham crackers with peanut butter and you know eating. And so it's not always bad, well, there are no bad foods, but it's not always um, foods with low nutritional value. (laughs) 
Sometimes it could be very nutritious food, nutritiously dense food. I'm just eating them at the wrong times or in the wrong quantities or eating too much of them. Um, and, you know, not even saying that the quantity is the issue, but it's just kind of that mindless, okay, let me just get something in my mouth. Let me occupy myself. And then I backtrack and I'm like, wait, why am I eating? I wasn't even hungry. It's not even a meal time. My stomach wasn't growling. And I realized it all points back to kind of that emotional trigger of whatever happened. Another piece is when we get to the holidays. I mean, it's October. So now we're, we're you know, encroaching on, um, you know, kind of a lot of fall festivals that are going on in town where everyone wants to give away, you know, food and candy. Then we've got the big food holiday of the year, Thanksgiving, where gluttony is like, a cosign, you know, on the, that particular holiday. And then you get to Christmas and Christmas is all about food and giving, but then it's also about gathering around the table and what you're going to eat. You also have cookie swaps and pies and everybody wants to try, you know, either new recipes or tried and true recipes that grandma and auntie and them have perfected and so you know you're going to have to get a pecan pie from this person you know you got to get a sweet potato pie from this one don't forget the pound cake over here and so we just end up with food coma for <laughs> the next three or four months of our year and a lot of us have been doing a lot to kind of take care of ourselves and then once you hit november everything is out the window and so a lot of that can be remedied by taking on a mindful approach to eating. Now, in terms of mindfulness as a practice, um, you can definitely incorporate mindfulness into all aspects of your life, which is highly encouraged. Um, but I'm specifically going to target eating. And I mean, there's a whole professional certification and you know classes and all these things that you can do on mindful eating and intuitive eating and all and and you know all of these different psychological approaches to eating but all in all it really all boils down to a few things and I found an article um, from Harvard Health that really kind of boils this down into kind of manageable pieces to really understand. And I'm not going to go into the full science of mindfulness. Again, this episode is really focusing on mindful eating. Because one of the things, if you've listened to any of the other shows that I really um, want to you know, make sure that you understand is, I'm not about, and my family is not about the labels to say that we are vegan, or we are pescatarian, or we are whatever it really puts you into a limiting box. And with the box comes a lot of pressure. Also it comes, well, I have to take a stand and I have to have a reason and I have to do this and that. And I have to fall in line with all these other people who label themselves into this category and that may not be who you truly are. And so for us, it is about going back to your why. Um, why are you wanting to Maybe clean up your, your eating habits. Why are you wanting to incorporate more plants into your diet? Why are you wanting to maybe replace some of the meat or the hev heavy fat foods that you were um, consuming or maybe the dairy products? Why are you wanting to do some swap outs and go to that why and just do it instead of saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying this vegan recipe or I'm trying this vegan lifestyle. It puts a lot of pressure and honestly, you know, no hate to my friends that are fully vegan out there but if you look at Facebook groups or websites 
there can be a lot of judgment that's thrown out within the group amongst other people in the group because you become not vegan enough or not whatever enough. And so if you're just doing this, um, if you're just approaching the way that you eat in a way that is healthy for you and that you are doing things, you're making small changes that work for you, it takes a lot of that pressure and that judgment out of it. And so when you think about mindfulness, that's the first place that you start is the why. Why are you eating what you're eating? And number one in the article talks about that that time of reflection, taking time um, to actually reflect. Reflect on how you feel. Reflect on what's going on. Is it your regular meal time? So let's say noon is when you typically eat lunch. Is that why you're eating? Or are you eating because you're actually hungry? We a lot of once you've identified you know, the why you're eating, then you can think about what it is that you actually want to eat. Um, you know, try to plan ahead so that you're prepared, but you're, you're involving a level, you're engaging your mind into that entire process rather than just running on autopilot and grabbing what's close by or grabbing what's familiar. You're actually putting some thought behind it um, and some intention. So the first step is reflecting, okay? Secondly is to sit down while you're eating. I don't know how many times, especially in the morning, that I have grabbed my plate and I'll eat, but I'm like standing up at the kitchen island in the middle of the kitchen thinking that that's going to help me eat quicker and be able to get to, you know, get to the next thing that I have on my agenda when actually we should be taking time to sit down. Um, when you sit down, you focus on what you're eating. If someone is sitting with you, talk with them, engage them, use that time to connect with other people. Try not to multitask. So don't sit down and read or what I tried to do, sit down and do my Bible study at the same time um, or sit down and try to like plan my day. Um, you know, sometimes I might listen to a podcast episode or listen to, you know, something that's on um, you know, on my playlist um, while I'm eating. That kind of helps me really um, slow down and focus on what I'm doing while I don't feel like I'm completely wasting the time. You know, I think if, if we're constantly used to going, you do need something to kind of help fill that time. So, you know, turning on, you know, some music to listen to or using that time as, you know, an opportunity to listen to a podcast or a show or an episode of something, um, not watching something on the television, but listening to something um, so that you can try to, you know, not engage as many senses. Um, you can kind of focus on what you're eating. The third thing to really keep in mind is, as I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, turn off the TV. When we eat in front of the television and we're, we're eating in front of, you know, a movie or a show or something that we really, really enjoy, our mind goes off of what we're eating and it goes more into what we're actually watching and retaining. And what happens is, our brain takes 20 minutes. There's a 20 minute delay between our stomach and our brains to say, hey, whoa, 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 I'm full. 
stop eating. So what we do is we continue to eat. We continue to put food into our bodies because we're watching the show and the show's not over. So obviously I can stop eating. And so our stomachs are actually full, but the message has not gotten to our brains because we haven't given it enough time to. So 20 minutes later, we feel overstuffed. We have to open the button on our pants. You know what I'm talking about. We got to like, you know, try to lay back in our seats because we've overeaten. And if we had just taken the time to focus a little bit more on what we were putting into our bodies, we could have given our, our, our brains more of a chance in that situation, more of a chance to let us know when we're done. Our bodies are very, very smart. Our brains are very, very smart. And so if we allow it to do what it's supposed to do and we allow those hunger cues to kick in before we start eating and we allow our fullness cues to kick in um, for us to stop eating, we'll be in a much better place. But it's when we just try to, you know, again, mindlessly approach these things where we might run into a little bit of a challenge or a little bit of a problem. Number four, serve out your portions. So this is huge. Um, you know, sitting around a family table, a lot of times you may want to serve your dinner family style. So let's say you're serving up a bowl of spaghetti and salad. You may put that spaghetti out on a platter. You might put this, the sauce on, this, on the side if you don't mix it together. You might have your salad all mixed up in a large bowl and you may pass that around the table so everyone gets their portion. Well, a more mindful approach to that would be to actually serve out your portions. So when people come to the table, they have their plate already set with the one serving that they're going to get of each item on their plate. So you've already portioned out your, you know, half of a cup of pasta. You've already portioned out your half cup to a cup of sauce. You've already portioned out your large salad, you know, whatever you have to go with that. You've already portioned out your one to two tablespoons of salad dressing. You know, you're not allowing yourself to kind of get caught up into the dynamics of the table and allowing that to take over how much food you actually put on your plate. Because most of the time, whatever you put on your plate, that's what you're probably going to eat. So if you go ahead and portion it out, that's going to help a lot. So then you can sit down and relax and that's one less thing that you really have to think about at the table and you can enjoy the company of those around you with the comfort of knowing okay I have mindfully served myself the amount of food that I should be eating for the night I'm not going to put more on my plate but if I don't eat everything on it I'm fine but you at least have that starting point because you mindfully approached the meal on the front end okay number five kind of goes along with that and it's to serve smaller plates serve your food on smaller plates so um, I am chuckling inside because I have a friend on Facebook and she um, actually made a comment that um, a friend of hers was laughing because she was eating on a salad plate the small plate I'm like do what you need to do to live do what you need to do to do what you need to do you know put the measures in place that need to be in place to do those things that you know are better for you we eat with our eyes first and when we look at food that's placed on a smaller plate it automatically tricks our brain because our brain is pretty intelligent but we can trick it sometimes so it tricks our brain into thinking we're eating more than we actually are eating and so if you put 
the same amount of food onto a larger plate, then it will trick our brains into thinking we're not eating enough. So if you use a smaller plate with your portions that have been pre-portioned out for you before you even get to the table, then you have more of a chance of success of eating the amount of food that's going to satisfy you without overfilling you. And that's what we're trying to go for. It's not about, I'm not talking about dieting. I'm not talking about restricting. I'm talking about providing the amount of food in your body or for your body that it actually needs and wants and craves to be satisfied. We oftentimes will do over and beyond that. So this is kind of helping to curb some of that. And, you know, I love doing this approach, eating a smaller plate, especially with a plant-based way of eating, because um, a lot of times plants take up a lot of space. So if you think about salads and greens and, and all of those pieces, you can fill up, you know, 70, 50 to 75% of your plate with veggies. And then if you're doing that on a smaller plate and then you're adding your, um, you know, other kind of main proteins in there, um, it looks like you're eating a lot of food when in actuality you're not. You're eating an appropriate amount, but because it's, um, it's low calorie dense, um, meaning, you know, you can eat a lot of food for the amount of calories that are actually in that food. Um, a lot of times it, it, it helps you feel more satisfied because you're eating more food. So I don't know. I, I love doing that, especially when I think about um, eating plants, you know, eating, eating plant-based foods in that way. It really does um, make you feel fuller, um, you know, quicker, which is great. The sixth tip on our list from Harvard Health is to give gratitude, um, you know, to take time, um, regardless of your, you know, of your faith background. Um, you know, our family is Christian. And so we try to remember, you know, whenever we sit down to a meal, whether it is a snack, whether it is breakfast, lunch, dinner, it doesn't matter. Um, we sit down before we eat, we give thanks and we thank God for the provision, for the food, for the nutritional, you know, components of the food. We pray that it serves as nourishment to our bodies. You know, we, we thank him and we acknowledge him because without him, we wouldn't even have it. But taking time to thank whomever, even if, you know, you are not Christian, you can take time to thank the hands that prepared it. That drawing into gratitude brings you into what you're actually eating. It brings it from just something in your plate that you need to shovel into your body to something that was actually carefully selected and prepared and laid out and presented to for you um, to serve as nourishment for your body. And by doing that, again, it brings more awareness to what that food actually is. Um, there are lots of processes that go into the process of, um, or lots of processes that go into putting food on your plate in terms of where it was grown, how it was produced, where it was sold, how it was marketed, how, it, how you actually purchased it and brought it home and prepared it and actually put it on your plate. So there's a lot of different people, a lot of different systems, a lot of different areas that you can provide gratitude towards that don't necessarily have to be, you know, faith-based if that's not, um, you know, 
your your thing um, but if you are again there are a lot of different steps that that food had to take to get to your plate and you show gratitude um, you know for that making it your way so by doing that again draws your attention back to kind of the whole process of what it took to get it there and so you're not just shoveling the food in at the table you're stopping you're pausing you're taking a moment to acknowledge the farmers the store you know individuals the manufacturers the whatever that went into the process of creating that food for you number seven okay this one I'm not so sure um, this is one that I really struggle with and and I find a challenge but I'm working on it <laughs> is to chew 30 times <laughs> so 30 is kind of a, a rough guide that they give um, because it might be hard to kind of get 30 chews out of something that might be like a bite of cereal or oatmeal or something that might be a little bit softer. But basically what this is talking about, and I can kind of get down with kind of this other way of thinking about it, is slowing down, taking your time to taste every bite, to savor every bite of your food. You know, if you take um, your favorite piece of candy, you know, for me, my favorite candy is a peppermint patty. And I did this with um, a peppermint patty and I did this with a Reese's cup because that's my other favorite. And it's amazing how this works. So if you take that candy, okay, I'm going to use, for example, the, um, the peppermint patty, okay? If you take that and you take a bite, Okay, don't shovel it into your mouth, but you take a small bite and you leave that bite in your mouth for just a few seconds and you just kind of let your tongue um, kind of, you know, savor it a little bit, move your tongue around a little bit, get the flavor, really savor what that tastes like. I took the time to do that and you just kind of let it slowly dissolve. Instead of chewing it, you kind of let it slowly dissolve in your mouth. What ended up happening was I was able to taste more distinctly the dark chocolate in the peppermint patty and that peppermint center. It, each of them became more and more distinct to me each time I did it. Then what I found out was that one singular peppermint patty that I could have downed maybe three in one sitting if I allowed myself to, I couldn't even get through a third of it. I mean, because I had taken so much time to eat it and I was really savoring each bite, I was satiated. I was satisfied with like maybe a third or a fourth of it. And so I started cutting them in fourths <laughs> and eating a fourth at a time. And it would take me, you know, a couple of days to actually finish one peppermint patty. Well, then I started buying the little ones, um, you know, the kind of... Um, just the the fun size ones i guess and even those i could eat maybe half of one of those and be satisfied and then maybe save the other half for dessert after another meal which it sounds crazy because they're so small now let me tell you what i do now so i buy the bags of the minis okay the unwrapped peppermint patties and they're minis okay they're like maybe the size of a dime okay and I put those in my freezer and I keep them in my freezer and then when I feel like I want some peppermint patties um, or I want something sweet you know if that's not fruit like I legit want you know some chocolate some sugar some something I'll go in the freezer and I'll grab my peppermint patties a serving size of the minis I think is eight I grab three okay out of those three I start to eat them slowly. 
I take one little mini and I'll bite it and I'll make three bites out of that one little one. And sometimes I have to set the third one aside because I'm done. Other times I'll eat that third. And sometimes, you know, of the month, I may grab a fourth. <laughs> it just depends. But the difference there is instead of scarfing down one or two of the larger patties by eating mindfully, especially eating these candies and things that could be really, really dangerous by eating them mindfully. I've really cut the amount that it takes to actually satisfy me. And by eating too many now, it kind of makes me feel sick. I don't like it. So if you would try that with your favorite candy, okay, your favorite, um, you know, you can try it with any kind of food, of course, but candy is one of those things that we have a tendency to eat too much of. Um, and so if you try it with your favorite candy, it works. I mean, even with M&Ms, I do the same thing with M&Ms. I eat one at a time now instead of shoveling like several in at a time, one at a time. And a fun size bag of M&Ms can last me two sittings. I mean, it's crazy. So this chewing 30 times, maybe 30 is not quite the number that's gonna register with you, but I'm gonna change that for you to savor every bite taste every bite because when you are full and when you are satisfied, your brain is going to say, ding, 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 we're done. So eating slower and savoring your food is going to, again, allow that mechanism to trigger in your brain so that you're not going to overeat as often. Okay. It's, it's amazing. I promise you try it. If you try that little, you know, mindful eating trick with a piece of candy, just post it on the page, post it on the veg out podcast page and let me know. Um, because I want to know if it works for you. For me, I, I mean, it, it's, it's been a game changer for me. Um, number eight, I have three more here. So number eight, put down your utensil. So if you're eating something with a fork, place your fork down between bites and allow yourself to chew. If you're talking with someone over your meal, engage with them in conversation. What this is going to do, again, it's going to slow you down, but also it's going to stretch out your meal time. You can get in a good meal within 30 minutes. So if you work a, work a job and you only have 30 minutes for your lunch break, you can eat within those 30 minutes. But stretch out your meal just a little bit, 15, 20 minutes. Take your time to eat your full meal, okay, and enjoy it. So put down that utensil. If you're eating a sandwich and you're not using a utensil, then put the sandwich down in between bites, okay? That's, again, going to force you to slow down, going to force you to finish the bite that's in your mouth before you put another one in. That's a huge one with my son. My son is nine. That's a huge one with him. He likes to just shovel food in. And then you look over at his plate and you're like, LJ, did you even taste it? And he's like, oh yeah, it was delicious. And I'm like, you don't have taste buds in your stomach. Enjoy the food on this side. That's the only time you get to really enjoy it before your body starts to use it. So take your time, okay? Take your time, put down that spoon, put down that fork, put down the actual sandwich in between your bites to slow you down. Again, we're becoming more mindful. We're including our mind into this process. Number nine out of 10. All right, resign from the Clean Plate Club. I think I might do an entire episode on the Clean Plate Club because I, I, I grew up 
a member and as an adult I have resigned from the club my husband is still a member of the club he still tries to evoke that on my on on our kids um, and so it's definitely a constant discussion um, at our house but here in terms of embracing mindful practices of eating resign from the clean plate club that club means you don't leave the table until your plate is clean okay um there's a lot of research that that has gone into um this again the psychology of eating especially when it comes to children and saying that if you're requiring them to finish their food it's not teaching them to listen to their bodies to say when they're full or not. Now, for example, with my daughter, she's a great example. My daughter will be quick to say, my tummy is full. Now, with her, you may have to be careful because sometimes her tummy is full, legitimately, and other times her tummy is full. But if I offer some gummies or if I offer, you know, some more tofu instead of the veggies on the side, there's magically more room in her tummy then. And so what I do with her is I'm very intentional to place a little bit less than her size serving on her plate. So for example, the other night we had tofu, um, I had like a baked tofu and stir fry, okay, like a teriyaki tofu, tofu and stir fry. So I would normally put about a quarter cup of rice on her plate. Um, an adult serving size would be about a, a half of a cup. So for her, I would do a quarter of a cup um, for her serving and then I would do about a half of a cup of the tofu only because I really know that she likes tofu um, and I know that she'll eat it and then um, in terms of the veggies I'll do about a half of a cup of the veggies right so with the rice I'll give her a little bit less than that quarter cup of the rice and then I might start out giving her a little bit less than her serving of tofu and then I let her eat the food that's on her plate. Notice I didn't reduce the amount of veggies on her plate, but everything else. So if she eats that and she says her tummy is full, and then I'm like, well, would you like some more tofu? And then she's like, yeah, I would. At that point, I'm going to give her whatever else she wants because she has eaten her serving, her share of the veggies. Like for me, it's all about the veggies. If you eat your veggies, you can have whatever else you want. But if she can't even get through that first round of food and she's given it a good effort, I honor that because I don't know what her tummy might feel like and she's five so she doesn't have all the words to really verbalize what's going on in her body to me yet anyway. So she says she's done and she's given it a good effort, awesome. But you know what, after dinner, the kitchen is closed. You can only have water. So if you're comfortable with that, if you don't think you're gonna want any more food later, you can be done. But if you're still hungry and you think you're gonna want something later, you need to go ahead and eat what's on your plate. That's how I approach that instead of saying, you're gonna clean your plate before you leave this kitchen. I don't do that. Um, it has to be something really, really major if I do that. So for example, spaghetti with like meat crumbles. If she's not eating that, I have to try to find out why. And if there's a good reason, okay. But if she's trying to get to a show or if she wants to play a game on her tablet and she says, I'm done, I'm done, I'm ready to go. I'm like, no, you're not. You just want to play your tablet. Sit here, eat your food. When you're done, then you can go play. 
Nine times out of 10, that's exactly what it was. Now, there are some times when she just is not hungry and I don't force her to eat at all. There are some times where her tummy is hurting. Usually those are the days where she has not gone to the bathroom yet. <laughs> so if that's the case, I, I let her continue and I let her go, And but I give her that caveat. Once you leave the kitchen, the kitchen is closed. We're not opening back up to provide snacks or anything else. Only water. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. All right, we're good. So if that makes sense, resign from that idea of having to clean your plate because if your body is sending you signals that it doesn't want any more food, but you're forcing the food in, that is stretching your stomach out and it's making you sick. It could actually make you sick. If you eat too much food, it can make you sick. So listen to your body and stop eating when you're full. But again, we have to go back to the other things that we discussed and slow down enough to allow your body to have those signals to kick in, okay? Last but not least um, is a principle that I've actually started embracing over lunchtime, and that is silence. Try eating in silence once in a while. Resist the urge to pick up a book or a magazine or to play a podcast or to listen to music. Just sit in front of a window or sit out on your porch or just sit down at your table. Just not every day, but just every once in a while. And just sit in silence and eat. Let your thoughts kind of run. Um, a lot of times our thoughts are going all over the place and it just doesn't have a chance. We don't have a chance to process through things. So if we allow ourselves that opportunity, we might find that we're able to focus and be more productive throughout the day. Also, you know, one of the things that the article specifically talks about being a benefit of eating in silence is that you're more conscious of your food, your food's consistency, the flavor, the tastes, the smells of your food. All of those things play into your level of, sati of, of satiety. <laughs> it all plays into your, your body's ability to actually be satisfied with what it's eating. And so if you truly have a craving and you're eating a food that would meet that craving, you're giving your body a chance to say, yeah, you know what? I really wanted something salty and you're eating something that's kind of salty and savory. I'm enjoying this and I'm meeting my craving. I'm meeting that need at the moment and now I'm fine. I'm satisfied. We can move forward and be productive and I can get my mind off of that salty thing that I was wanting to eat. Okay. So giving yourself time to eat in silence, even if it's just a portion of your meal time. So even if you can't do your whole meal, your whole breakfast, your whole lunch, your whole whatever, just give yourself the first five minutes in silence before you pick up that book or before you, you know, start working on, you know, whatever you're working on, trying to multitask over your meal. Give yourself five minutes to yourself to really reflect and to really enjoy and to really be in the moment. Mindfulness is about being in the moment so that you can observe what is happening in the moment, okay? Again, there are so many ways to practice mindfulness throughout your daily lives, but we, again, focused here on um, doing it throughout your eating habits, really taking time to enjoy what you're eating and to understand um, 
everything that's going into that food um, to give gratitude for it to understand the taste the flavors the textures and your level of satiety your level of satisfaction with um, that food that you're eating okay so just remember when it comes to you and your family and eating healthy it's not about perfection and everything that we talked about today it's not about perfection but it's about taking small steps and knowing that you're doing something great for your family. All right, all right, all right, everyone. It's my favorite part of the show. It's joke time, and this is the perfect joke for the fall season. Are you ready? What did the sweet potato say to the pumpkin? I am what I am. But don't. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. Find us on Facebook. Just simply search Veg Out Chat, uh, Veg Out Podcast. You can also search Veg Out Chat. That's another page, a discussion page too. But simply search Veg Out Podcast. I can't even get it out. Blah. It's V E D G E Out podcast to keep this conversation going. Let us know how you're vegging out at home. Let us know what questions that you have along the way and if you have any ideas for show topics that you'd like to hear about. Join us next time. But until then, go rock some plant-based adventures. See ya.